Welcome to the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. I'm your host, Ron Fisher, and I'm glad you've decided to join me today. Let me recap. What have we done? We, I talked to you a little bit about Dieselgate, said how you know, I was the, the diesel guy and how that led me to, to buying an electric car, which sounds strange, but if you go back to the first episode, uh, it'll cover that. So go check that out. Um, then I, I did it again, this sound, I found out I do that a lot when I review my, my recordings, I go, oh man, I got to figure out how to edit this stuff out. It'll come. Um, I also have to learn how to not do that, but I digress. Uh, the second episode covered, uh, picking up the vehicle and, seeing, you know, what the bits are, some of the advantages and disadvantages and, and that sort of thing. This episode is going to cover electric vehicle charging, which is a question I get from a lot of people. Uh, a lot of them, everybody knows how to fill a car up with gas or electric or, or electric gas or diesel. They kind of get that, you know, you go to the gas station, put the pump in, pick your type of fuel, fill it up pay the guy. That's pretty simple. We've been doing it our whole lives. But what do you do with this electric car? Well, if you think about it, we've been doing that our whole lives too. We've been plugging things in. You plug in your cell phone, you plug in your TV, you plug in everything. But you've never plugged in a car before. So it's a little bit different. And there are things to know, but certainly nothing to be scared of. So let's start out with electric vehicle charging t uh, connector types. First of all, all electric vehicles come with something called a J1772 connector, except Tesla. Well, maybe Tesla. I'm not sure how they work. I'm going to find a Tesla guy and I'm going to ask him because I'm not sure. I know they can charge at regular level two chargers, which we're going to come to, uh, but I'm I know their connector shape is different. I'm wondering if they have two connectors or an adapter. So let's just say everybody but Tesla can use a J1772 connector. And if you look at your average picture of somebody charging an EV, you see this thing that looks like a gun sticking in the side of the EV. That is a J1772 connector. There's also a CCS combo or a Chatamo. Those are used for fast charging, and they're significantly larger. They look more like a bazooka. Anyhow, the average car comes with the J1772, and it generally comes with a level one charger. What a level one charger is, is a device a transformer, I guess you want to call it, an electronic device that has a J1772 connector that goes into your car on one side, a regular wall outlet plug on the other side. It's called an EVSE. And in the middle is the controller that makes your house and your car compatible and gives your car power from the house. Now, if you have a modern electric car with a 
60 kilowatt battery. This charger is strictly an emergency charger. I got nothing else. I got to use this. I got to plug in with this. And it works. But a 60 kilowatt battery on a basic wall outlet, it's going to take you 30 to 40 hours to charge it up. That sounds like forever. Well, it kind of is. Now, if you think about it, your car is parked there a lot. Most people's cars are parked there a lot. And you can get by on that for a while, unless you're a commuter or something, and then you really can't do it. But if you're only driving with 30 or, or, or 25 or 30 kilometers to work every day, you can get that no problem. Because a lot of the time your car's parked, you're sleeping, you're having dinner, you're watching TV, whatever. You're not actually driving the car. You're not on the road. So that should work. But nobody wants to take 30 or 40 hours to charge up their car. Then there's level two. Level two is a 208 uh, connection. It's 208 volt uh, connection. And it is generally hooked up to a minimum 30 amp circuit. Um, it still uses the J1772 plug. Uh, but on the other end, it's wired into the mains directly. So in most people's case, they put one of these things in their house. And they have an electrician wired into the electrical panel just like your stove or your dryer or anything else. Um, it is actually the same power type as, as a stove or a dryer. Most of them are 208, 30 amp or more. Um, some put 40 amp. And Bob's your uncle. It costs in Canada. The chargers can sell for as little as six or seven hundred dollars and then an electrician usually wants three or four hundred to install it it's not a hard install most of the time your electrical panel tends to be near your garage or even in your garage if it's in your garage you're you got it made that's a super easy connection to do um, as long as you have enough power on your panel um, if you don't uh, there are devices to protect the panel uh, that will go in between the panel and the charger so that it just never draws more than your panel can handle. So if nobody's using anything in the house and then it'll give full power to the charger. If, if um, you're cooking and drying and doing everything all at the same time, then it will hold off. But typically most people um, set their car to start charging after the rates change to the off-peak time. In my case, off-peak is, is was six cents per kilowatt, and now it's gone up. And then they rebated. It's complicated. We'll talk about that one day. But um, most of the time when it is off-peak, you're, you're also not using much else in the house. You've usually finished cooking, not, not doing laundry, you know, you're probably okay. So most of the time it doesn't matter anyhow. Now, level two chargers can be found literally all over the place. Um, 
They're often free, but not always, and not even usually, but they're often free. Um, the reason for that is the power that they consume is relatively small. So a lot of stores and restaurants, uh, malls, that sort of thing, will often offer them as a freebie to both green their business, but also, if you think about it, you're a restaurant, you offer a level two charger to your customers. Almost everybody who drives an EV, when they're going to level two charge for any length of time, will seek a place where they can park it, plug in, and go do something. Shop in a mall, eat a meal, that sort of thing. So it literally draws electric vehicle drivers into your, your place of business. You'll eat a meal. You're looking at a buck an hour at most for the uh, maybe a buck 30 for the restaurant owner to provide that service to you while you're eating your meal. And the longer you stay there, the, the more, uh, the more power you get, the more charge they deliver and usually the more you eat. So it's not so bad uh, for the, for the property owner. Uh, commercially, you'll see a lot of level twos, and in your house, that is what you put in. There's a lot of level twos on the market, but uh, I'm just going to, before I I cover off that and the installation in your house and that sort of thing, I'm just going to talk about level threes for a minute. Level three is a, technically, I believe they qualify it as a 24 kilowatt and up charger, um, and it will use, uh, in North America, either a CCS combo or a Chatamo connector, or in the case of Tesla, they're superchargers. Um, I'm not a Tesla hater or anything. Actually, I think Tesla is an amazing company. I just can't afford them. Um, well, now they have the Model 3, so it's getting in the realm of affordability for me. But uh, I have a car, so until that needs to be replaced, I'll be... I won't be looking at Tesla too seriously, but I will cover them uh, and talk about them in future episodes because they are an innovation leader in the field um, and they are driving a market. So they are an important company. Um, but for most people, they're going to buy another product. Uh, and so they're going to either use a CCS combo or Chatamo connector. And most modern electric chargers, fast chargers, are 50 kilowatts and up. There's a few that are in the lower bands of that, but uh, they're largely in the 50 kilowatt and up. And they cost a horrendous amount to install. If you're talking a regular fast charger, 50 kilowatts and up with a single charging point, you're looking at 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 thousand dollars to install that the charger itself somewhere between 30 and forty thousand dollars probably and then the electrical connection usually requires a transformer a heavy duct bank all kinds of stuff to get that thing installed so it is not at all inexpensive that said Things are changing. That cost is coming down like everything else. And uh, scale is mattering. So 
if you were to do like Tesla does, which is put in a, you know, a minimum of five or six chargers in each station, then that, that electrical side of it goes down. Also, as volumes increase, they make more of these chargers. The, the cost to produce them is going to go down. Right now, they're very expensive because they're virtually handmade. When they become sold in the thousands, then they're going to be put, putting them on assembly lines and, and producing them at high speed and, and putting thousands and thousands out there on the market. That will make the economies of scale go down and the, the costs associated with that will go down. Also, right now, electricians, most of them have never installed them. So they're installing onesies and twosies of these things. They, it's largely like any, installing anything else, but it isn't. So they have to they have to wrap their heads around it, get a few under their belts, and then it goes faster. So the labor time goes down. Anyhow, the 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 chargers come in those two varieties, Chatmo and CCS combo. They come in fifty kilowatts and up, up to three hundred and fifty kilowatts. Believe it or not, although you could you won't find any of those yet. You can find some hundred and twenty, even some two fifty chargers. Here in Canada, Petro Canada is putting in uh, those. So is Electrify Canada. I believe Electrify America is as well. Probably some others, but being in the Canadian market, I don't really have uh, a knowledge of that. So if anyone out there is an American listener and can clue me in, that would be wonderful. Okay, so that covers the fast chargers, not the utility, but I'm going to come back to that. Let's talk about your home charger, selecting them, getting them installed. When I was going through the process of picking my electric car, I knew I'd need to buy a charger to go in the house because I'm a commuter and, and that that would matter. But I didn't know which one. So just like everything else, once I'd selected the, well, even before then, but once I'd selected the car, it became critical. Um, I had to pick a charger. So I did my research, looked at all the different varieties out there, and there is a lot. There's AeroVironment, which has a new name now. There's EV Duty. Uh, there's Flow. There's Schneider has one. Motomaster makes one, uh, which is actually the Schneider one. There, I think Schneider stopped making theirs and, and just makes the, the the white label ones. Um, what else is there? Uh, oh, there's lots of brands. There's the Clipper Creek. Um, there is Switch. There's, there's a bunch of different brands. Uh, but there's some things to know about. And this is one of those things that the Northern experience matters. Um, in most of these chargers were designed with, uh, California in mind. And the reason is because they sell more electric cars there than anywhere else. That's starting to change. Um, I think they're still the leader, but I mean, per capita, some of the other ZEV mandate states are starting to get into similar territory. It, it The adoption is picking up, so it's starting to become more broad. But I'm pretty sure it's still the, California is still the North American leader. Uh, Quebec is, is quite a leader now, too. But 
uh, it's important to understand that when you design for the California climate, you are not exactly covering off the northern climate. California has a very varied climate. It's got the mountains. It's got cold. It's got extreme heat. It's a quite strange variation of temperature in that state. Uh, it gets quite cold in northern California and in the mountains. Um, but it's not the same as a hard Canadian winter or northern U.S. winter. When you're, when you're in... Uh, uh, Calgary, Alberta, or Edmonton, Alberta, and it's minus 50 for, it seems like, forever. That is a bit different than Southern California. And you need a charger that was designed to accept that. Now, some of them are, some of them aren't. I particularly advocate for ones designed in a northern climate for a northern climate. And in Canada, that's two. That is the flow or add energy chargers. And it is the EV duty chargers. There might be another one out there, but I'm not aware of it. Um, and don't ask me what goes into making it a northern climate product. But some of the details are that a lot of chargers are built with plastic housings and everybody knows if plastic gets really cold it often gets brittle unless it's meant for that so ev duty has actually made their housing out of a hockey helmet visor plastic so if you could imagine that's about as durable as it gets in the plastic uh, realm it is very durable um, i know people that have them full disclosure um, I actually sell EV duty chargers, um, so I'm trying to stay neutral, but uh, I know people who have them and they work quite nicely and they do not break, uh, at least the plastic, well, at least the plastic doesn't break. You know, so far, none of them have broken that I've sold, um, and I don't think they will. Apparently, in Quebec, they have a, a ridiculously low breakage rate. They sell I think they sold 12 or 13,000 of them last year and they had like two, two problems, um, two warranty claims and the rest of it was fine. Uh, the flow at energy, um, electric circuit, um, devices are the same. They're made both made by ad energy. Just flow is for the English market and electric circuit is for the French market. Um, they, their housings are made of aluminum. Definitely not going to crack that. They're beautiful chargers. They're very robust. And at the time uh, I was putting mine in, that's what I didn't know about EV duty. It wasn't available to me at the time or not. I didn't know it was available. So I bought the flow connected charger flow home and it is a very good product. I'm try not trying to knock my own EV duty product, but it is a very nice product. It works very well. And all my customers say that the EV duty product also works very well. EV duty is a less expensive brand, which is why I chose to represent that one. 
by all accounts, it works as well as the Add Energy product. Just it is a a less expensive charger. It's made. It's got a plastic housing. Flow has an aluminum housing. It is very attractive. Um, it is very well designed. It's a good company, but that housing costs a lot more money. I'm sure inside it's not that different, but um, the the housing is it's huge too. Wow, it's big, but. To be fair to add energy their market for chargers is mostly commercial if you look at their commercial products they are very robust cast aluminum housings these are the kind of things you're meant to put in a municipal parking lot on street parking um, more public facing malls and that sort of thing that robustness uh, will stand up to serious abuse where your home charger you need you don't need that it's usually in your garage or on your garage nobody messes with it i've had mine for three years now almost and nobody touches it nobody looks at it nobody does anything to it um the other big factor is okay you want one that's made for a northern climate because a lot of chargers do not work well when it goes below minus 20 which can be a problem in canada you do not want to come home at minus 35 limping in on on electrons and your charger doesn't work so that's a problem um the both the flow and or the add energy and the ev duty products work to minus 40. they also work to plus 40. So they're a very robust charger that will cover a very wide range of temperature extremes. Um, but the other factor you have to consider is the cord. I don't know if you've ever had an extension cord in the winter. You've taken it outside in the minus something because you're setting up the, the, the lights outside the house or whatever. And you come back to it later and you have to move the cord around. And you're like, it's like moving a stick. The thing doesn't flex at all. Well, cords, if they're not designed to be flexible in the cold, aren't. It's a much more expensive cord. It's, a, it's the plastic, it's the shielding, it's the insulation. And that all affects the flexibility of this cord. And if you don't get the kind that is going to remain flexible in the cold, you're going to end up with a rat's nest for a cord. It's going to be much harder to work with and a pain in the butt. So make sure you get one that is flexible in, in sub-zero conditions. So those are the two big factors for a northern climate in terms of picking your EVSE. Um, there, it's very possible that the other brands have updated now. So just do your research when you're reading the specifications on uh, your level two charger that you want to buy. Just make sure it does say in there that uh, it will work to uh, a minus temperature or a, or a plus temperature that is going to match your climate extremes. Not just the norm, but the kind of as bad as it gets. 
because um, you it, it is important you don't want it to fail on you because it wasn't designed for the climate you're working in or you're living in and don't trust your your dealer to be carrying a product that will necessarily work um, unless they tell you that it it is and then just read the specs make sure it does work um installation any electrician can install it if they're licensed um it's it's a pretty simple installation there's a couple of things to know now when i installed mine uh, almost all the chargers were direct wire so basically it's got a cord sticking out and your electrician wires it into a box and the box goes back to your panel well since then people thought hey what if it had a plug on the end ding you could move it if you moved. You could take it with you and then go to the next house and put it in there. You don't have to leave it with the house. So you don't have this sunk cost on your house that, that is unnecessary. So most of them come with a plug that is either a NEMA 650P or 1450. Um, and you don't need to know really what that means. It's a plug type. It's either your stove plug or your dryer plug or a welding plug. Uh, either one of those is what it'll be. And your electrician, if you buy it with the plug, that's it, a good way to go. Your electrician can um, bring over from the panel an outlet that can go on the wall in your garage or outside if, if that's what you need. And it can have that plug point and then all you do is you just mm. plug it in you're good to go bob's your uncle and then when you sell the house uh the new coming person the new incoming person will have a plug they can bring their own charger and they can they can just plug it in and they're good to go see the idea should work well so oh if you do happen to get one that's direct wire that's okay too um, you can also have your electrician uh, install a, a plug on the end, although that's not super advisable. Um, you can also order in a, a plug probably from your manufacturer, so you can convert yours to a plug version. So don't think you're stuck with it uh, being wired in if you don't have to. Um, if you're outside direct wire can be a good thing because then on the outside you don't have um, you don't have a lot of plug connections or or that sort of thing it's a little more secure they can't just unplug it and take it away um, it's good that way your electrician again cost anywhere from 250 up um, depending on how far away your charger is going to be from the panel um, most people i've talked to have got it installed for under 500 bucks and there are some provinces and states that have rebates for putting them in so keep an eye out for that in the next episode i am going to cover fast charging out there some of the etiquette of fast charging some of the the applications that are good to help you find out where you got to go and how to plan a route and that kind of thing. So 
I would like to thank you for joining me in, uh, in this episode of the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. And I do hope you join me again. And thank you.